movies and television against each other bracket style. This is our special part two episode of Best Animated Disney Films. If you missed part one, I recommend going back and listening to that now. This is a whole new world we are entering. Second star on the right and straight on to Zootopia. I am your host and author Scott Barnes. Welcome round four panel as we get into the episode. You guys can say your uh, little intros if you like. But uh, let's start it. Let's get into it. We've uh, waited a long time. We got uh, part two over here. Uh, for those who need a reminder, uh, Toy Story won the first part of our uh, the first uh, 16 in that matchup. So we got 16 new movies here we're going to get into. We got some fun facts, trivia, and some box office uh, uh, numbers to go along with it. All right, so everybody, let's get into it. We got number one versus number two, and that is Aladdin was number one. And uh, that came out in 1992, starring Scott Winger. Is that how you say his name? Wanger. Wanger. Uh, Robin Williams, of course, Linda Larkin, John Freeman, and Gilbert Gottfried. So my favorite fact that I found about Aladdin is that uh, it's the it has the Aladdin apocalypse theory, if nobody's ever heard of this before. And it's believed that Aladdin takes place not in the past, but in the distant future. So, and it's actually after society collapses. The film opens with a merchant singing Tupperware is rare. Um, a lot of Genie's references would not make sense if they were in the past, of course. And also in the official video game of the movie, um, there are more clues that are given, including buried objects half buried in the sand, like a stop sign, and even an unexploded nuclear bomb, which I think is pretty cool. Um, it goes up against number two, Robin Hood, uh, which came out in 1973. The uh, one with the fox and the bear and all that stuff. I, I always get that mixed up with some other things. But okay, anyway, I digress. Uh, that stars Brian Bedford, Phil Harris, Roger Miller, Monica Evans, and Car- uh Carol Sheely. So, um, a fun fact about this one, too, I think, is that Prince John's infantile behavior was a nod to the real King John in in English history. Um, He was called the Fool of England. He really did try to usurp his brother Richard, but was foiled when Richard returned from the Crusades. It didn't matter in the end, as Prince John actually became king in 1199, after Richard died in a battle with, uh, and he had no heir. So I couldn't read my own handwriting there. It's, it said no air, like no hair or something. I thought like no no hair. I don't know. No air. Anyway, as always, I've talked too much. Oh, Mr. Lionheart. He was a uh, great crusader at the time. Ah. But, but left England kind of bankrupt too. Yeah. So that's uh, it's good to be king sometimes, I believe. But not when, well, you don't have to worry about the consequences. So <laughs> I've talked a lot. Mercy Warren, save me. As always, I'm super excited to be back on the podcast talking about Disney movies. As I said, I believe in the first part, I am a self-identified Disney adult. So this is a topic that I feel 
that I, like, enjoy discussing. So between Aladdin and Robin Hood, I have very fond memories of my childhood watching Aladdin. My older brother, like, was obsessed with the genie, so he had, like, all the play sets. Like, we had, like, multiple little magic lamp toys that, like, little genies would pop out of and stuff. Like, we were just super into Aladdin at my household. It's a movie that I could still watch to this day over and over again and probably not get sick of. My character, my favorite character was always the tiger, Raja. I love that tiger. <laughs> um, Robin Hood, I've seen it. It's never been my favorite. And I don't like that chicken at the beginning that has like the mandolin that's like introducing <laughs> everything. Yeah. I don't trust it. It has dead cold eyes. Like, I just, I don't know that. He had, like, when I was little, that chicken used to scare me. And I still do not trust that rooster. I guess it's a rooster, not a chicken. But, so that's my take on Robin Hood. I don't like it just because I don't like the opening scene with the chicken wandering across the words. I remember that, yeah. I do not like that. <laughs> Lawson's, welcome to the show. Thank you. Always nice to be back, especially for Disney Podcast. Um, this is Lawson here, if you didn't know. <laughs> so, Aladdin, um, I have a couple just notes. Uh, it's one of my favorite Disney movies. Uh, one of the first in our family household that we saw in the theaters. Um, I think it was, what year did it come out again, Scott? I'm sorry. I think 92, I think. Yeah, 92. Mm -hmm. Yep. 92. Okay, so these are like my old, um, number one in our family's first Disney movie that we saw in the theater, which is. Always a fun cast. Um, and something that I was researching, it was said that I, Robin Williams is, of course, the voice of the genie, um, that he really changed the game for voicing characters, and it inspired a lot of different people, such as like other comedians like Steve Carell or uh, Will Ferrell and Tina Fey for voicing characters, so it inspired them all. I'm sure many others, but it inspired a lot of people to go into voicing for Disney and other movies. Um, and then, like uh, Mercy said, Jasmine and Ra the Jasmine and Raja relationship in the movie was always like one of my favorite things because it's so sweet and Raja so protective of Jasmine. That was one of my favorite things. Um, and then Robin Hood. I remember seeing this movie a lot when I was younger and liking the fact that it was history being told by animals, but um, it at the time, it was one of Disney's biggest hits, and it made a lot of money at the box office for that time, that time period. Uh, Mr. Lawson. Thank you, Ms. Lawson. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Always fun to do the movie podcast with everybody. So I'll give you the uh, box office numbers. Aladdin made $504 million, so... Pretty successful. Honestly, not as high as I would expect um, for a movie that, yeah. that everyone has seen and knows. And then Robin Hood, even though I think for the time it was big, it only made $32 million, but I think its budget was super low. And as almost all these Disney movies go, I mean, their budgets really aren't that high, and they just make a ton of money. Um, so obviously why Disney is so successful. Um, but Aladdin, yeah, I really, I mean, the genie, Robin Williams does such a great job in that movie. Uh, it's really hard to be to be beat. I know uh, Will Smith, uh, who recently slapped a guy, uh, <laughs> he he did a version. I don't think it was nearly as good. I mean, he, people liked it, I think, but I don't think you're, that performance by Robin Williams, I think, is just not going to be, be topped. Uh, and it's just, you know, 
the, the way they do the thematic, like the themes of the movies, are really well done. Um, I think it's a really well done movie in general. Um, and if you ever want to, I know Disney does a bunch of Broadway shows, and uh, mm-hmm. we actually saw the traveling Aladdin show, and it actually is really well done. Even if you're not a, a person who like really likes to watch theater, Disney always does such a good job with their production, the like, quality of the of the shows that I would say it's worth it. So if you ever get a chance to go see like an off like a Broadway or even off Broadway version of Aladdin, I would recommend it. Um, and then Robin Hood, uh, a movie that I will probably watch like a hundred times as a little kid. I just loved like so like. I know it's not really history, but it has like kind of that medieval theme to it. Uh, you know, the, the different animals, and there's a lot of humor in the movie. Uh, pretty fast-paced, honestly. And I think it, it probably is geared a little bit more towards boys than girls, but I think it's fun for everybody. So I, I really enjoyed watching both those movies when I was a kid. Yeah, I like them both, too. Um, and I, I, I was debating whether or not to say this, because it's like, you know cancel culture the way it is but if i can say it safely i think jasmine is the most attractive disney princess out of all of them she's always been the one that i've liked the most um but it doesn't take anything away from her she can be attractive and sexy and also you know oh kind of a kick-ass too a little bit she's, she doesn't take anything lying down no pun intended uh i don't know but either way as we get into voting here um one of these movies i think uh is just better funnier even though uh robin hood is really good and I watched that movie like Mr. Lawson uh, probably a hundred times in the 90s when I was a kid. Um, but I had to give my vote to Aladdin. My vote also goes towards Aladdin. Um, I will be voting for Aladdin. Even though Robin Hood is a good Disney movie, if you haven't seen it, the cartoon version, it is worth a watch. But Aladdin gets my vote. I will vote for Aladdin as well. Um, but yeah, I recommend Robin Hood. It's a fun kids movie. And the snake as the assistant is pretty funny and they like honestly historically king john was a pretty terrible king um they they make him out to be like this like evil evil guy in real life it's most historians don't think he was like really that evil but he was just almost just terrible at being king and just made a bunch of blunders that led to the uh magna carta being signed when he was the king it's 1215 so probably his Probably his biggest accomplishment is being so bad at his job that, like, he had to sign a document saying, like, I won't be as in charge as I was before. Thank you for the history lesson, Mr. Lawson. We always appreciate that, and we all gain a little bit more knowledge. All right, so Aladdin moves on. Mm -hmm. So we get into the uh, next grouping here. We got uh, Pocahontas at number three going up against Finding Nemo at number four. So Pocahontas came out in 1995, starring Mel Gibson, Christian Bale, Irene Bedford, Bedard, 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 Irone Bedard, sorry, and uh, Billy Connolly. And uh, I thought I did find an interesting fact here. I hope uh, I'm not taking this away from Mrs. Lawson, but um, you could almost add a fifth name to this uh, cast here. But he died before it was completed. His his part was completed, and that was John Candy, because he did a lot of voice work for a character named Redfeather. Uh, which was a turkey in the movie, but he died before completion, and the idea and his character was scrapped. Um, that would have been interesting. I think it would have obviously added more humor to the movie, which would have been weird because Pocahontas isn't really that funny of a movie. Um, but that definitely would have been interesting, kind of like if uh, um, what's his name, Chris Farley, would have been Shrek. But yeah, no, uh, too bad he didn't have that part in the movie, honestly. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Though I wonder if there's uh, still some uh, footage. Well, probably not the footage. Like they probably didn't animate it yet, but the voice work would be interesting to hear. 
so, and then it goes up against number four, like I said, Finding Nemo, which came out in 2003, starring Albert Broles, Broles? Ellen DeGeneres, Alex Gould, William Defoe, and Allison Janney. And uh, something... Uh, I've always liked Finding Nemo. It took me a long time to watch it. Um, I guess I do have a fun fact here. And that would be that some could argue that this movie got Disney CEO Michael Eisner fired because he thought this movie would be awful. He also insulted Steve Jobs with his views, so it also might have led him to being ousted. So sorry again. Like I think both of these movies are Mrs. Lawson's. So that's a, that's a tough choice here. You got uh, which one of your movies will move on. Uh, anyway, Mercy Warren. So I actually do like both of these movies. Pocahontas, I really like the soundtrack. Colors of the Wind and Just Around the Riverbend are probably at least my top 20 favorite Disney songs, if not my top 10. So I really do enjoy the soundtrack to this. It is also one of the more, I think, vi- they're all visually appealing, but they're like the Colors of the Wind scene with like, with like the way the wind's blowing, the leaves blowing everywhere. It's just a very visually appealing, like stunning Disney scene. So the animation is just really pretty in this movie. I mean, it's the story of John Smith and Pocahontas. It doesn't mirror what happened in real life whatsoever. It's very different. So, I mean, it's not really historically accurate, but I mean, it's still a very, it's a good fun movie. Um, Finding Nemo, I loved this movie when it first came out. I used to quote it nonstop. Because it's just a very quotable movie. I mean, and it's just like also, it's also really sad. I always cry at the beginning when Nemo's mom is killed by the Barracuda. It's not a Disney movie if a parent doesn't get killed in the beginning. (laughs) Yeah, no, I got really, I used to like, I don't cry as much anymore during that scene, but I used to get so sad. And then like when Marlon at the end thinks that Nemo's dead, but he's not. That also always gets me. So like, I definitely cry more in one of these movies than I do the other one. (laughs) <laughs> but they're both really good movies. I I had very similar notes to um, Mercy for Pocahontas, um, so I will not see them again, but I agree with everything that she says. I think um, I think they definitely put, like, I put rosy glasses over the true history mm-hmm. of, like, um, the story, so, <laughs> um, you know, we may get more of a Disney movie. Um, we, I remember listening to that soundtrack on, like, repeat so much when I was growing up. So uh, it has a lot of good songs. Just a, another funny story. Um, there's a song called Savages on the soundtrack, mm-hmm. and I thought, when, when I was younger, I thought they were saying sandwiches. Probably not too surprising, but <laughs> <laughs> very different thing. Really didn't like sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably Thank you. Like, I couldn't read my own handwriting. 
That is okay. Um, so I think that would have been interesting. He has a more uh, like chill and relaxed voice. So I'm sure it would have been different if he did the voice. Mm-hmm. But um, and then my personal favorite part, favorite part in Finding Nemo is the intervention with the shark. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite part. <laughs> So, Pocahontas box office numbers made $346 million, and Finding Nemo made $940 million. And honestly, uh, Mercy, I thought, subbed up Pocahontas really well. Uh, not historically accurate much at all. Um, but I think he introduces uh, kids, at least, to somewhat of the struggle between, you know, the Indians and the white people that came over. So, it's, you know, it's, it's trying a little bit, I guess. And I've actually been to Jamestown, so if you're ever in... Um, Southern Virginia, there is like a Jamestown and Yorktown is really close to there and Colonial Williamsburg, so and Bush Gardens, Virginia, so you can make it a little fun trip. Uh, go see them all. Um, and Finding Nemo, yeah, I, I did hear that like it basically it turns like fish into much more popular sort of pets, and I think. Oh, yeah, and people wanted to flush their fish down the toilet to like go to the ocean. Oh, no. Well, they didn't really oh. realize they were just killing the fish. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I've heard that too, but yeah. yeah. yeah Albert, Brook, Albert Brooks, who was recently in Curb Your Enthusiasm, was uh, one of the main voices and yes. did a pretty good job. But yeah, I thought you guys actually made, made good takes about it, so I'll stop talking. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Uh, sometimes I, I need you guys all to keep talking to save me from uh, putting my foot in my mouth uh, and uh, saying the things that I say. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's a tough boat here, actually, because they're both really solid choices. Yeah. See, that's what I talk about. He came in to save me. Thank you, Mr. Lawson. Um, I was going to make a CIA joke, but I couldn't think of anything. So we'll, we'll get that next time. Yeah, so as we get into voting here, um, it, it, for me, I still I think I have to give my votes towards Pocahontas. I know it's not historical. It's, you know, it kind of whitewashes a lot of things and um, makes John Smith. Like, I don't even know if he was a good person in real life. Who knows? Um, but uh, just... For me, I think it's a better movie. I think the soundtrack is amazing. I agree with Mercy Warren. It is one of the best soundtracks and some great songs in there that I don't even associate with just a Disney movie. I think of as just songs I could listen to um, when I'm in the mood. So I'm going to give my vote to Pocahontas. Um, just because of sheer watchability of the movies, um, I'm going to give my vote to Finding Nemo. There are a few addresses I have committed to memory. And one of them is P. Sherman, 42, Wallaby Way, Sydney. <laughs> so, Finding Nemo is my vote. Uh, gosh. Like Scott said, these are both movies that I put on the bracket. Um, but I think for pure nostalgia, I will just have to go with Pocahontas. I think that's a, if I had to pick between the two to watch now, I think I would pick that one. Yeah, I'm going to give a... I think Mercy honestly sold me on Pocahontas, even though she voted for Fighting Nemo. <laughs> she talked about the soundtrack and just, like, the, the, the beauty of the animation and who can forget the fun dog and the... Oh, yeah, a pug. The pug yeah. the biscuits and stuff. So, I'll, yeah, I'll go with Pocahontas. I'll, again, Fighting Nemo is raccoon. really good, too. Yeah, the raccoon. I like the grandma tree, like Grandma Lou. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... And, I think it's, it's it's a better movie than I think that when you start watching it, you're like, oh, yeah, this is why people liked it so much. So. Yeah. And the advice, when you're taking a shot, always keep two eyes open. Uh, I've, I've been shooting before, and I, I tried that out. I don't know if I shot any better, though. So, uh, anyway. <laughs> okay, so Pocahontas moves on. Oh, Ms. Lawson, look like. R.I.P. Coquilum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. 
So we'll get into number five and number six now. Uh, two older movies on this bracket. Maybe, uh, yeah, uh, definitely uh, in the older side there. But uh, we got number five, Peter Pan, going up against number six, The Aristocrats. Aristocats, sorry. So Peter Pan came out in 1953, starring Bobby Driscoll, Catherine Beaumont, uh, Hans Conrad, and Heather Angel. So an interesting fact about Peter Pan I thought was pretty cool. And maybe, like, this makes sense when you think about it, is that many of the actors they got were from radio backgrounds. You know, that just made sense, actually, because, like, radio acting was so big back then. You know, you had those radio shows instead of TV shows. And, yeah, that just makes kind of sense to, to bring in some experienced radio actors and really give the characters more depth, which I think really helps in Peter Pan, too. Um, and it goes up against number six, Aristocats, which came out in 1970, starring Phil Harris, Eva Garber, Gabar, Sterling Holloway and Gabor. thank you, Gabar. Uh, Sterling Holloway and Scatman Crothers. So, fun fact about this one too is Louis Armstrong was supposed to play the Scat Cat, but couldn't due to illness. So the cat was imagined almost exactly to Louis Armstrong um, when they animated him. So when they brought in Scatman Crothers, I think it was a little different, you know, with Louis. But that's what I remember from that movie, a Scatman. I remember the Scat Cat. You know, that's the, the part that stands out to me the most. And one of my favorite characters in that. Um, so, uh, yeah, two older movies. It, it feels weird. They, they don't feel that old. They don't feel like they're made in the 50s or 70s, respectively. Um, I still, When I saw them as a kid, that just seemed like like right there. Um, like really relevant to me. So, yeah. Uh, Mercy. I remember reading a long time ago that the cast of Peter Pan wasn't paid very well when they for what for the services they provided in voicing their characters the guy who played peter ended up dying it like not long after i believe in extreme poverty oh wow um i know super bummy bummer thing to be my first remark that i make about either of these movies <laughs> um i've always really liked tinkerbell i just like always liked her like sassiness i mean when you really think about peter pan like she's not the main star of the movie she's just kind of like an added thing that's there she kind of, like, now she has her own movies and her own little universe and things like that. But, like, b back then she was just kind of there to be an obstacle to Wendy. But I've always kind of liked Tinkerbell, so that's really the only thing I like about Peter Pan. <laughs> and I like the dog that is the that that is their nanny that wears the little hat. Yeah. I like, those are probably Nana. my two favorite parts of the movie. T the dog, Nana, and Tinkerbell. Um, Aristocats, I do like that movie. Um, it's probably a lesser known Disney movie. But basically, it is a wealthy person who owns a couple of cats, leaves her estate to the cats, and it's just the butler trying to get the estate from the cats because he feels like he deserves it more. I love the little white kitten, Marie, with the little pink bows. She's my favorite character in that entire movie. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> lost sense. I was going to say, I will say my, my also my favorite part of Peter Pan is Nana. Uh, I like how the dog was in charge of watching the mm -hmm. children. That's always fun. Um, personally, not my favorite Disney movie, but I will say it's one of my favorite Disney World rides. Mm -hmm. um, the Peter Pan flight ride. That is one of my favorite rides at Walt Disney World. So I will I will say that is a good part of it. Um, and then Aristocrats. Um, I will use, uh, Mercy Lingo, but everybody wants to be a cat is a bop. It is. Straight up bop. It is it a is. bop. It's so fun. 
Um, and I, like Marcy also said, Marie is one of my favorite. I think I had a lot of merchandise with uh, the white cat with mm-hmm. her pretty pink bow and everything. I also still see, um, I will see like once in a while some like, it's like t-shirts and stuff still with like Marie the cat on it. So it's still kind of around, even though it's an older movie, it's still kind of referenced today. And then, you know, give me a good cat rescue love story and I'm all in. It's a win <laughs> for uh, Mrs. Lawson. Uh, off to Mr. Lawson. Yeah, so these are the two movies that, two of the three movies that Disney Plus, I'm not sure if they still banned them, but they were banned, at least at one point, because of the racism um, in both movies. Not to be too woke here. So Peter Pan made $87 million at the box office, and Aristocats made $191 million, which is higher than I actually would think. Yeah. Not as many people talk about that movie. So I'm probably a bigger Peter Pan fan than, like, most people here. I honestly, like, Peter Pan himself, it's like, okay, I mean, there's the coolness factor of the flying when he's a kid, when you're a kid, but I really liked Captain Hook and Mr. Smee, and I thought those, <laughs> I thought those were like, the most funny parts of the movie, yeah. and I liked the crocodile who was, like, constantly, like, you know, out to get mm-hmm. Captain Hook and that TikTok thing they would do, I was like, I don't know, I just thought that was, I just, like, the crocodile I thought was really fun, so I really enjoyed that movie. Aristocats, I'm very allergic to cats. <laughs> Uh, and honestly, that kind of tainted my viewing of the movie. Even animated cats, he's allergic <laughs> yeah, to. Yeah, like, like, you know I didn't like cats as much back then as I do now. So, uh, and but yeah, that, the, the Chinese racist cat scene is just a very like again like okay. seems so unnecessary to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know why they can't. I don't know why Disney Plus can't just show the movie with a couple of those scenes cut. But uh, yeah, they could. They could just not like cut to that cat. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Could, yeah. Again, it's just, I know I know it's an older movie, so I, you know in, in context of time, but it's just so, it's just weird to have honestly more than anything. But yeah, I I actually still I know there's like racism towards the Indians and in Peter Pan too, but I just enjoy the rest of the movie. So I forget what movie on Disney Plus I was trying to watch about a month ago, but that maybe it was Aladdin. I can't remember, but they put there was like a disclaimer before the movie. Yeah, that basically said we realized some content in this would be not very sensitive in today's beliefs. We are not standing by our actions, but we are still preserving this movie and showing it as the way it was made, basically. Yeah, I think they do, they do uh, several disclaimers for movies now yeah, on Disney. So that that's is something the right, that they that's do. probably the right call just to show it. Yeah. For people that don't care about that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah, no, I was, uh, I was kind of surprised. Uh, even, like, uh, Peter Pan's box office numbers in the 50s, that's pretty high. That was, that's pretty good. Um, so... As we get into the voting here, uh, I do want to say one thing before I put my vote in, and that's a conspiracy theory that I've had for a while that uh, I, I'm glad Mr. Lawson reminded me here, is that I don't think he's actually allergic to cats. I think he just doesn't like them, and uh, he finds that as an excuse. Yep. <laughs> so, no, well, that, that's a topic for another episode. But uh, as we get into the voting here, I actually do like Peter Pan better. I love the adventure aspect of it, and um, I like that you don't have a lot of villains that have like their own villain and like mr lawson said captain hook has a villain that's tracking him which is an alligator that wants to you know always looking to eat him i always i think that's a really uh funny take and a great take on a movie and a villain with that um so yeah my vote is peter pan i'm with mrs lawson the peter pan is just not my favorite disney movie and i also really enjoy cats 
So I'm going to give my vote to Aristocats. Not surprisingly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm definitely going to vote for Peter Pan. That was a good point. Yeah, the crocodile is just really fun. And like, I feel like a lot of the comedy comes from Captain Hook. And I, I'm honestly end up rooting for him most of the time. Like, yeah, I kind of wouldn't <laughs> mind if he if won in the end. But um, Our first tiebreaker. Yeah, we have a VIP. And it's actually a, a child who has seen, I think, every one of these movies. And she is going to cast the deciding votes. Thank you very much for making these votes, by the way. She is going to vote for Aristocats. Wow. Aristocats <laughs> yeah. moves on. Aristocats moves on. Yay. Okay. Yeah. Ladies carried that one through. Okay. And that's why it's a factor, because I won't give the INDB scores yet, but Peter Pan would have won in the tiebreaker on our end with the uh, uh, INDB score. So, like we've said in other episodes, it pays to be VIP for this podcast. All right. So now we're going to move into the halfway point of this uh, part of the bracket. And we have no- movies number seven and eight. And number seven is the classic and maybe the oldest uh, Disney uh, the movie we have on this bracket, which is Fantasia, which came out in 1940. And doesn't really have much of a starring cast in here because I don't know if there's any actual speaking. But uh, the INDB credits Walt Disney, Deems Taylor, and the Philadelphia Orchestra um, as the main cast. So, Walt Disney considered having fragrances sprayed into theaters at certain points to enhance the experience for moviegoers. Um, The idea was scrapped because of the difficulty of of clearing each scent before the next one would come out. But that's really cool that they were thinking even back then how to get, you know, the different experiences. And we've been to Disney before, and you can kind of go to certain things. was like Bugs Life or something like that, where, like, the benches will, like, prick your butt or they'll yeah. spray things on you and some of the different... Yeah, they even have, like, a Philharmonic attraction that's kind of reminiscent of Fantasia in a way mm-hmm. that incorporates some of those elements. Yeah. Oh, Lawson, did you look like the idea? Oh, yeah. I remember the Bugs Life. That was a fun... Back, yeah. At least back in the day, it was a fun uh, one. They had that kind of stuff going on. I like, honey, I shrunk the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A couple of those at Disney. Those are kind yeah. of fun. Yeah, yeah, those are really cool. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> All right. And it goes up against number eight, the sequel to the movie that won our first bracket, and that is Toy Story 2, which came out in 1999, uh, starring Tom Hanks, Tim Allen, Joan Cusack, Kelsey Grammer, uh, Don Rickles, Wallace Shawn, and Wayne Knight. And uh, I think uh, the Mrs. Potato Head actress, who was also on Seinfeld, just passed away shortly before. Yes, she did. Yeah, the filming of this episode. So, R.I.P. to her. Like Mr. Lawson said in an earlier episode, we have lost a lot of celebrities this year already. So, and they just keep piling up. So, uh, fun fact about Toy Story 2 was Bullseye was originally supposed to be voiced by Martin Short before they decided it would be better for Bullseye to be a silent, goofy puppy type character and uh, i think that would have been overkill i mean i love the cast in here it's a funny movie but i think they made the right decision not overreaching and having bullseye be voiced by martin short that would have just been a little too much i think would have been distracting i think from the whole movie yeah yeah yeah. so all right uh mercy warren so fantasia was my pick to put on this bracket i feel like when you think of disney movies it's glossed over in many times and it's actually, I have the opposite feeling that I have about it than I do a large portion of these movies. A lot of these movies are ones that I've had strong ties to since my childhood. I remember in elementary school, they used to make us watch Fantasia in like a little music class. 
and I just had no interest in it. Like, I didn't appreciate the animation, how it lended itself to the music, which is the true star, star of the film. Watching it now, like, when I have a greater appreciation for, like, classical music and the animation and don't need as much of a storyline or, or I can kind of imagine one in my head, I feel like I like this movie more as an adult as I did than I did as a child. Yeah, you can appreciate it more mm-hmm. now. Definitely. Like the icon, like the iconic um, sorcerer Mickey scene. That I always like the hippos and the little tutus. Yeah. And I also like um, well, I don't really like this scene. It used to scare me that like Chernabog thing that was literally Satan. Yeah. That used to scare me as a child when they did like the night on bald mount, night on bald mountain scene. Yeah, I'm still not a huge fan of that part, but. <laughs> So Fantasia, I just think it's an underrated Disney movie because a lot of people don't really consider it, usually. Toy Story 2, I do like it better than Toy Story 1. Um, my favorite scene is where they're in, like, the Toy Star in, that bar- in the Barbie car and Tour Guide Barbie's driving around. Yeah. I do enjoy that. There was a fun fact about that one. They couldn't use Barbie in the first movie because of rights or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then when the company, um, was it, like, I can't remember what the company is for... Barbie, but when they um, saw how popular the first one was, it was like, oh yeah, we gotta get in on that and get some free advertising in there. <laughs> and I like the addition of Jessie, and like the fact that she was in the subsequent films. I think that she was a good addition to the gang. Lawson's. Um, so Fantasia, I just feel like Mercy is like kind of on the same brain wave, but I like her I didn't have a real appreciation but now I mean it's been a while since I've seen it and also like um just thinking about like the video game and like the movie and everything um it's, it's just a different take on a Disney movie and I think I would have more of an appreciation now if I saw it now just being older um but my definitely my favorite part is um the sorcerer Mickey I think I was reading that that I I might be wrong, but it is when you see Mickey for the first time in, like, a different outfit. Like, and it's not usual outfit, but, like, the yeah. sorcerer with mm-hmm. the hat and everything. So, that's pretty cool, too. Um, I also like the dancing hippos and the tutus. Um, and Toy Story 2, we were talking about this before the podcast started, but it gives me kind of, like, anxiety. Hmm. I don't like how Woody, Woody gets stolen from, like, his house. And, like, I remember just feeling, like, even younger watching, I saw this in the theaters, like, feeling, like, anxiety. Like, oh, how is he going to get home? Like, why did that happen? I'm just not uh-huh. liking it. <laughs> and so, um, and then the song that Jesse sings or, like, oh, yeah. like flashbacks, like, literally makes me stop. Yeah. Like, so, I'm just trying to move on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, wait, what did I? Nope, that was it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, Fantasia, so I was reading, at the box office numbers were kind of um, fuzzy for this one because I heard it, I mean, the budget cost around $2 million, which was wow. pretty high for, it was maybe, what, 1940, I think? Yeah. Like so pretty high, and it was a box office, um, I think, flop at the time, but I think it's ended up making, like, $80 million, like, since, like, overall, over the years. So I think right. it's done okay, but short term, it was a flop. On Toy Story 2 made almost $500 million. Yeah. So, quite a bit of money there. Um, Fantasia, I don't remember watching the movie as much. Man, I like the part with the broom a lot. Obviously, the, the carrying the water scene. I think yeah. But I actually, I got the, my parents got me a Sega Genesis when I was a kid. And the first game they got me was Mickey Fantasia. Hmm. 
and it was just like all the my mom picked it because she's like well at least he'll hear classical music while he's playing a video game that's why she picked it <laughs> it's a it was a i mean i played that game a lot it was a really fun game and it had like all it was like the dungeon scene with the brooms and it had like the, the hippo scene and there's it was just a really cool video game um at like the early 90s i played that a ton and it was a lot of fun so really enjoyed it i'm not as big a fan as toy story 2 and 3 as everybody else is um I kind of like Kelsey Grammer being the villain in Toy Story 2. I do agree Jesse's a good addition. Um, Wayne Knight playing kind of the villain is, is funny yeah. um, in Toy Story 2. But, again, I I guess I'm just a Toy Story 1 loyalist, so I'll, I'll, I'll stop there. I, I can see what you mean. And if for I differ, though, in my opinion. I think... Um, it's rare when, like, not rare, but I, I like it when the sequel is just as good, if not better, than the first one. And I think the second one, uh, Toy Story 2, kind of improved on the first one in a lot of ways. And like Mrs. Lawson said, yeah, I know, you get kind of choked up when uh, you hear that song, the, uh, what was like, the Jesse's? Yeah, when she loved me. Yeah, which is, uh, yeah, and also, like, the blooper reel at the end of the second one, too, is really funny that they took the time to animate that together was really good and that's probably why uh, toy story 2 is going to get my vote here um fantasia not you can't take anything away from it i think it was revolutionary and ahead of its time um you know for what it was um but yeah toy story 2 is is in my opinion a better movie oh well more watchable no i don't matter it's like i i like i can watch it more now i'm sure i've said this on the multiple times on this podcast i grew up as a competition dancer um and i've danced um, in the competition world, Disney songs are like the bread and butter, and the I've actually danced to that song um, when she loved me. We played like abandoned dolls. <laughs> it was like a lyrical dance. I was like eleven, <laughs> so like I always equate that song to like that. Um, my vote's actually gonna go towards Fantasia. Um, both of these not my like favorite movies, like Disney movies, but if um, again, if I had to pick one, I think I, uh, I think I would vote for Toy Story. And I am going to vote for Fantasia. Again, I, I think Scott made a great point. Revolutionary film, and Mercy said, I mean, good music, and that was really the, the way they connected the animation and the soundtrack, I think, was really well done. Um, this is probably the bias of maybe our younger VIP, <laughs> who is going to vote for Toy Story 2 to advance. Yeah, that seems more of a uh, kid-friendly film. Um, but, I mean, like, yeah, because as she said, though, too, even though she voted for Fantasia, yeah, that scene at the end when, you know, yeah, the villain comes out like the giant monstrosity that he is. That's literally Satan. Yeah, I mean, like, it, that. I remember that spooked me, too, as a kid. It's like, where, like, where are the brooms and the dancing hippos? Bring them back. So. <laughs> there's, yeah, like, movements. The end, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's different movements to Fantasia, for sure. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, the music for that is something, yeah, I, I can just listen to anytime. All right, so we get into the second half of the bracket now, and we get up against two, and I hate that these movies are going up against each other, because I think that they're both contenders. Um, one of them definitely under like uh, underrated. But number nine is The Lion King going up against number 10, Lady and the Tramp. So Lion King came out in 1994, starring Matthew Broderick, Jeremy Irons, James Earl Jones, Nathan Lane, Whoopi Goldberg, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, uh, Moira Kelly, uh, Rowan At Atkinson, and Cheech Marin. 
Uh, really huge cast. I, I couldn't believe all those people in there when I wrote that down. Um, but a fun fact I found about Lion King is that a home improvement Halloween episode where Jonathan Taylor Thomas and um, his character, uh, Randy, opens the door to some trick-or-treaters. There are two kids dressed as Buzz Lightyear and one as Simba. He gives a lot of candy to Simba and only one to Buzz, which is a pretty funny nod to uh, you know Tim Allen's uh, <laughs> being on that show and being Buzz Lightyear. And <laughs> I thought that was really cool. And uh, number 10 is Lady and the Tramp, which came out in 1955. I don't know if I said Lion King came out in 1994. But uh, Lady and the Tramp came out in 1955, starring Barbara Luddy, uh, Carrie Roberts, Peggy Lee, and Alan Reed. Um, so despite the common association of Italian spaghetti and meatballs, meatballs didn't actually exist in Italy at the time the movie of the movie takes place because beef was too expensive to use in Italy. Um, it was pretty common in America, though, but spaghetti and meatballs is more commonly an American uh, dish than it is in Italy, I guess, uh, because of that. Uh, Lady and the Tramp is one of my favorite movies. I watched this movie a lot as a kid. Um, I, I think it's just so... It, it's like how Mrs. Lawson said with the, the cats and, you know, everything. I, I, I was like that with dogs when I was younger. So, love seeing the dogs there. You love that, you know, that classic kind of... Uh, uh, they shouldn't be together, but they will be because one's proper, one's like they shouldn't be there. The tramp or the, you know, and uh, of course you got the iconic spaghetti scene, which is just you know, uh, well iconic, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, both of these movies are great, um, and I will let the rest of the peanut gallery sway in now. <laughs> so as Scott said, both of these are very good movies. I have such strong memories of watching The Lion King as a child. It's still another movie that I still cry to this day every time I watch it when Mufasa dies. And then when he sees him in the stars later in the movie, that I just can't any, every single time. As Mr. Lawson said earlier, um, Disney puts on some really, really good Broadway shows. And if you ever get the opportunity to see The Lion King on Broadway, or even off-Broadway. Yeah, I saw it off-Broadway in Toronto. It was really, really good. Yeah, I Sorry. saw it once in New York, and then I saw it once in Pittsburgh. And they were both, it was a good show both times, so I would recommend. And one thing I like that Disney does is they add some additional music into the Broadway shows, so it's not just an exact mirror of the movie. And I think that, like, the songs that they added to the show have just are just wonderful. So that's like, a little plug for Lion King on Broadway. But, um... Yeah, I was all about Lion King as a child. I had toys. I had, like, I had clothes that had, like, Nala all over it. Like, I was obsessed. Like, I loved The Lion King. Lady and the Tramp, obviously an iconic movie. That Where they're singing Bella Notte and, like, the meatball scene. Like, that's just an iconic. But I don't really remember the movie besides that scene. No. I remember, I mean, as we discussed for earlier, there are... Disney has made some what could be viewed now as racist or insensitive choices in movies. And there are some si a pair of Siamese cats in The Lady and the Tramp that viewing them now is a little bit culturally insensitive. Yep. But uh, other than those two scenes, I really don't remember, like, the rest of the movie just doesn't really stand out to me. So that's my feeling on that. Lawson's. <laughs> um, so I remember when The Lion King... It went back into the theaters, mm -hmm. I think, for, like, an anniversary. Yeah. Or something. It was the 20th or 20th anniversary. And I saw it, and I remember, like, I had to physically get up and leave the theater when, like, I knew Mufasa was going to die. Like, uh -huh. I, I, li I just can't with Disney movies. Like, yeah. I, I would rather just, like, get up and leave. I don't know. That's just how I I'm rolling my eyes. 
what cats do yeah yeah i feel like it's more just like they're just causing trouble while these dogs it's it's more like a cats versus dog scene to me than it is like some sort of racist thing but you know people try and make stuff out of nothing so um but yeah then then there's like the 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 restaurant scene so yeah i mean i think it is kind of it's a fun movie where it basically takes like basically it's almost like the story of the poor guy trying to get the rich girl to you know to be with him and instead it's just dogs so yeah (laughs) <laughs> all right yeah well said and uh yeah it's it's funny as we get into the voting here um l- looking back with like lion king it's it's funny too because you can watch that movie when you get older and notice jokes or things in there you didn't notice as a kid like for me when um zazu has like uh the, he does the mighty python like i've got a lovely bunch of coconuts sitting in a row you know like that kind of thing and like that makes me laugh now and it didn't make me laugh 25 years ago yeah, um, it's written more for the adults watching the movie. Right, yeah. And then, like, yeah. And then uh, the music, too, like the, uh, um, uh, what's, what's, uh, the Scar, the Scar song that got taken out. Be Prepared. Out. Be Prepared. I, like, I love that song. Like, I get chills. I song. So, uh, even though I added Lady in the oh, Tramp. Oh, that was a song removed. Yeah. From the live version, I think he's talking about, it was like when they remade it as, like, yeah. the live remake, they kind of take the, they took the Be Prepared song out. I kind of like that song. I, I know. I do too. They made it I like a... a good yeah. And it's like, uh, I also like, I can't remember if it's Honest Trailer or the Ryan George pitch meeting, but like the song like, oh, I just can't wait till my dad dies so I can be king. <laughs> like, when they make, I think it's Honest Trailer. Because yeah. it's like, that's what Simba's basically waiting for. It's like, oh, I can't wait till he dies so I'm king. Um, <laughs> but uh, like I said, like even though I voted, uh, I mean, I, even though I put Lady in the Tramp on the bracket, I'm going to go with Lion King. Um, 
I, I wish Lady and the Tramp, like, I, I think I was random. I, I usually try to be very random with the, the, the pairings here. Uh, I wish Lady and the Tramp went up against other movies on this bracket, but Lion King is the better, funnier, boppier soundtrack movie. <laughs> but that's such the, the good thing about the Lion King. It has, like, everything musically. It has, like, a fun, like, a nice slow ballad. It has, like, the fun, upbeat song. It has a good villain song. Like, it has something for everybody. Mm -hmm. I sound like the SNL character, like, Stefan from, like, that Bill Hader did. Yeah. <laughs> this club has everything. This soundtrack has everything. Um, my vote goes to Lion King. I will also vote for Lion King. Uh, I'm going to vote for Lion King, too. It is a better movie. I just think I think people go too little too crazy about it, and I... I don't know if they should have made like what three remi like three remakes of it. They this. made so many, yeah. yeah. They made two, and then they actually made like the third one they did is called Lion King One and a Half. Yeah, that's a little much. Because it's basically the first movie just told from like Timon and Pumbaa's point of view. Yeah. I also played the Lion King video game as a kid. That was actually kind of fun. It is, yeah. We we got that for the uh, the Nintendo Switch not long ago. I think we played a little bit, and yeah, it's a tough game. Those those old games are tough. Oh yeah. And I think one of our cats got really excited about this, too, because I think one of them farted right now. It smells so bad on our end. Oh, man, the viewers out there, you're, you're really lucky. You can't uh, smell this. It's like, ugh. but they're like, yeah, you better not vote for those dogs. <laughs> so, okay, so Lion King moves on in a sweep over Lady and the Tramp. Okay, we get into numbers 11 and 12, and number 11 is Emperor's New Groove, which we actually just rewatched not too long ago. And that came out in 2000, in the year 2000. Starring David Spade, John Goodman, uh, Arthur Kitt, and Patrick Warburton. And um, it goes up against number 12, which is Alice in Wonderland, which came out in 1951. Starring Catherine Beaumont. Beaumont? I think she Beaumont. was already... Beaumont. Yeah, she was already on here another Yeah, movie she too. voiced Wendy as well. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Edwin... Oh, I'm sorry. Edwin Wynn. Uh, Sterling Holloway and Verna Felton. Um, I felt like an Alice in Wonderland... Um, just a, like a, a kind of small fact here, which I thought was pretty uh, surprising, was that it took five years to complete and was in production for over 10 years. So they, I mean, like they started that movie in the 40s. So that's pretty crazy. Uh, and then um, I thought another little funny fact, sorry if I'm again stepping on uh, Mercy Warren, or I'm sorry, Mrs. Lawson's uh, quotes here. Uh, hopefully not, because uh, I think these are both your movies again, too. That's a tough uh, matchup. But uh, Emperor's New Groove originally was supposed to be a... Um, dramatic Disney musical called Kingdom of the Sun and the singers uh, the, I'm sorry the singer Sting's okay the singer Sting if I can read my own handwriting here uh, his wife Trudy Styler uh, made a movie documentary about how hard it was to make this film and how much it changed and it was called The Sweatbox so we just watched that and uh, Emperor's New Groove, it, it, it was good, it's funny, it still made me laugh. I've seen that movie a bunch of times over the last 20 years. Um, I thought David Spade was really good in it. Um, Patrick Walburton, um, I felt like, I know like as Kronk or whatever, I think he got his own spinoff or something he at did. one point, which I remember I liked that because um, I felt like his character, it was kind of, um, it, it, it was a weird place with him in that movie to be in there because like he was good, it was funny, but it, at times it felt kind of forced with him. And uh, Eartha Kitt, of course, you know, was great as, uh, what's-her-face, the, uh, the advisor. Yeah. yeah so, um, Alice, in Wonderland, Len, one, Alice in Wonderland, classic, classic film. Um, you know, obviously, you watch that movie and you can see why it was John Lennon's favorite story as a kid growing up. Um, I think they did the, uh, the book justice when they made that. Um, 
And uh, that's uh, all I have to say about both of those. Mercy. So as Scott said, we recently, actually it was yesterday, watched Emperor's New Groove. So it really wasn't, it was like literally less than 24 hours ago. I saw that movie as a child, but I don't think, it's not one I watched a lot as a kid. And I have to say the way that they told the story was different in that like it starts from the like middle, but then tells you how he gets to the middle, but then like he still hasn't had his redemption arc yet. So they save that for after until you get to the point where he is when the movie starts, if that makes any sense to anybody else, the way I just phrased that. <laughs> Which I thought that like storytelling device was interesting. He Tarantino's it. <laughs> well, just because he still, up to that point, generally thinks he's a good person or a good mm-hmm. llama, whatever he's identifying as. He, he thinks that he has done nothing wrong. And I do like Pasha's children, the little girl with those like big pigtails. Those might be my favorite. Those two kids might be the, my favorite part of that movie. Especially what they do to, like, um, Kronk and Yzma when they go to visit Pasha. Like, the way that they get him to, them to leave. That had me cracking up. Um, I've always liked Alice in Wonderland. I've liked the book. I liked this version. I wasn't a huge fan of, like, the newer versions they did. Agreed. They were just too trippy for me, I feel like. But I think that's what I like about the original 1951. It is... It has the trippy elements. It's different. It does make you think, but like it doesn't take it too far. Um, I've always my least favorite part of Alice in Wonderland is the scene where the walrus convinces the clams to like trust him, and then they eat them. I hate that scene. So if I'm watching this movie, I will probably fast forward through that because I just do not like that scene at all. Yeah. Lawson's. <laughs> um, I'll just say we talk about a a lot, but. It is one of my favorite, uh, one of my, like, newer favorite Disney movies. Um, I think the fact that the villain, that they make the villain a funnier character, like, it's, you know, it's humorous, and the, hum- um, the humorous psychic prong, uh, I like that, how the villain isn't too serious. And then um, I thought they had really good casting for the voices in this movie, just with, like, David Spade and John Goodman and Eartha Kitt, I think they did that really well. Like, they, their characters were really well-voiced. Um, well, move on. But Alice in Wonderland, I, you know, I think watching it as a kid, I just didn't realize how, like, it was. I just thought it was, like, a cool, like, story of a dream. But there really are a lot of characters. And, Mercy, that's, like, one of my, I don't know why, that's one of my favorite parts is with the carpenter. <laughs> walrus i don't know i like how it's kind of like a story within the story um of the movie but i don't i honestly can't explain why it's one but it's one of my favorite parts of the movie um and then i think they were originally going to make it like a live action cartoon hybrid but the story was too serious of a story to do that so they just do make it like a more bright story they made it a cartoon just all together um and then disney also bought the rights to alex in wonderland the story to make the movie and then mr Wilson. yeah uh emperor's new groove made 170 million dollars at the box office which is pretty disappointing because as scott mentioned the movie took a long time it actually started filming in 94 hmm. didn't come out till i think it was 2000 or 2002 so, I mean, it took a long time to get together. So, it was pretty, it would cost $100 million to make. So, it was pretty expensive, took a lot of time. You know, not a huge return on investment there. 
Um, Alice in Wonderland also it only made like three million dollars at the box office. Um, so two not really successful movies at the box office. Alice in Wonderland, I think, more because the time it was made. It doesn't really fit a movie that's made in like the fifties, honestly. Like it right. just it seems like a decade early, honestly, had a bunch of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so Emperor's New Groove, I remember seeing it in the theater when I was, you know, I think I was like fourteen or something like that. I just walked out and I was just like, yeah, <laughs> I was that impressed, honestly. Okay, I, I, you bring up good good points. If I watched it now, I'd probably appreciate it more. I, mean, I think it's kind of cool that they actually like have a movie about like Incan culture mm-hmm. and you know South America, which I feel like is a real big theme in Disney movies. Um, but yeah, I just walked away from it and just wasn't impressed at the time, so I'm not going to vote for it. And um, it's going against Alice in Wonderland, which, as Scott said very well, it just it really did a good job of bringing the book to life at the time. Mm-hmm. So I think it's one of the better Disney movies out there. Yeah, agreed on both counts. And so as we get into voting here. Um... I'm probably going to have to give my vote to Alice in Wonderland, not just because of the John Lennon factor, and everybody out there knows how big of a Beatles fan I am. But um, Ember's New Groove, you can kind of see. I'd like to see the documentary on how it was a struggle to make that. Um, and uh, just to get, like, I mean, because it felt forced, and it felt, you know, um, at different times. It was still a funny movie. I liked it. But Alice in Wonderland is just too classic to pass up. My vote's going to go to Alice in Wonderland as well. I know I didn't vote for the Emperor's New Group, but I am going to say another scene that I thought was funny. Um, when they have the squirrel at the... Kronk has a squirrel at the end, and he's teaching like these little Cub Scouts how yeah. to speak squirrel. And he's like, you owe me an acorn. They're like, squeak, 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 or squeak, or whatever they say. Like, yeah. I, th- That's another scene that made me giggle very much. But um, Alice in Wonderland is just a more classic film. It's one I grew up watching, and it has my vote. Alice in Wonderland will get my vote as well, even though I like both these movies. But yeah, the newer version of Alice in Wonderland is just, I think it was Tim Burton, so it's going to obviously be trippy mm-hmm. uh, and yeah. a little different. But that was I, the, the live action one, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the live action. You know, it was like Anne Hathaway and Johnny Depp. Not worth the watch. Not worth It's way too long and not worth the watch. But the like cartoon version very worth the watch, of course. Mm hmm. I will vote for Alice in Wonderland as well, and I'm impressed that our young VIP actually also voted for Alice in Wonderland. Ah, yeah. Sleep really across the board there. Yeah, and actually, it's it's kind of funny too because with uh, that one, the live action one with uh, Tim Burton, um, I uh, write as people who've listened to this know I've write, written on uh, other books under different names, and what's really funny is that that uh, movie actually inspired me to write. Um, one of my first books ever, not because of how good it was, but because of how awful it was and how I didn't like that movie, actually inspired me to go like, you know what, I could write something better than this. You know, so that actually almost, I can give it credit to uh, jumpstarting my writing career uh, well over a decade ago at this point. And uh, so thank you, Tim Burton, for making that awful movie. And uh, <laughs> so we're moving on here. We're getting into the second to last grouping before the end, and we can get into quick voting and pick a winner. And we got two uh other i mean obviously all these movies are really good but i like these movies also very much and number 13 we got jungle book which came out 1967 starring phil harris sebastian cabot cabot uh louis prima and venna felton going up against number 14 wreck it ralph which came out in 2012 starring john c Riley, jack mcbrayer jane lynch and sarah silverman so uh fun fact about uh jungle book which i of course had to add in here is that the vultures were supposed to be voiced by the beatles 
Uh, Brian Epstein actually set it up, and the animator styled them after the Beatles, but John Lennon decided at the last minute to veto it, and he didn't want them to uh, t partake in that particular project. Uh, Wreck-It Ralph, a uh, fun fact here, is that the high score of Wreck-It Ralph's game is 120,501, which is Walt Disney's birthday, uh, December 5th, uh, 1901, when he was born. So, fun fact there. Uh, both of these movies, really great. Wreck-It Ralph is really funny. Um, I, I like the video game aspect of it. Uh, very Toy Story-ish, you know, in a way, having the video games come to life. Uh, but Jungle Book is another movie where I'd watch that movie, like, almost every week as a kid. I think my mom, when she was tired of me, would just throw it on as a VCR, uh, onto the VCR, and uh, just have me sit down there, because I would just watch it, like, and not go anywhere for 90 minutes. Um always really liked and uh oh the big bear like i was like, yeah blue like when he gets like you know into the fight at the end and that was like he's trying to protect mobley and like oh i was like always like i'm like even when you know it's gonna happen he's gonna be okay it's just like oh no like don't hurt the bear so uh shark Khan, like shark Khan, was that the tiger mm -hmm. okay but uh yeah great great uh movie jungle book classic uh mrs mercy warren so jungle book has never been my favorite movie it has some good songs, like the one where the elephant, I can't remember the name of it, but the one where the elephants are like marching in a line, that's a fun song. Um, or Bare Necessities. Or the Bare one, Necessities. Or the one the monkey, the monkey sings about wanting to be like a human too. Yeah. That's, I mean, it has some fun, catchy songs to it, but it's never really been my favorite movie or one that I would watch often. I've, I've only seen it maybe a handful of times in my life. And I find Mowgli kind of annoying. <laughs> um, Wreck-It Ralph, I'm not a huge video game person, but I actually do enjoy this movie. I'm also usually not a huge fan of Sarah Silverman, but I actually think, she, like, I don't dislike her in this movie. Um, it's just a fun, feel-good movie. It has a lot of, like, crossovers and ties. The sequel even has even more crossovers and <laughs> product placement and ties, but... Yeah, Wreck-It Ralph was just, it's a fun movie. I mean, even if you're really not a video game fan, it still has something for you. Lawson's. I will agree. Both of these are not my favorite movies. Um, Jungle Book, I will say at the end, like, you know, for him, for Mowgli to get to the man village, he sees, like, a pretty girl. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then he wants to go to the man village and, like, it does have a happy ending, so I'm glad about that. And it does have um, good music, but I don't know why those kind of movies were just, like, adventure movies for Disney, just, like, not ones that I gravitated towards. I, I mean, surprisingly. I don't know. But, uh, and then Wreck-It Ralph, I think my favorite part of is that um, Mr. Lawson and I saw this on a date. So we saw this in the theaters as a date, so that's kind of <laughs> has a good memory tied to it. But I will also agree with Mercy. Sarah Silverman, not my favorite, but she does play, you know, it's a good character for her in, in this movie. And it is like a newer idea for a Disney movie to go off as like a video game and like he's tired of being the villain in the video game. So he's going to go make his own and be the hero somewhere else. So it's a original storyline for sure. Yeah, so uh, Jungle Book made nine hundred sixty-seven million dollars. So nine hundred. Wait, did, did you say that right? Nine hundred. Sixty-seven million dollars. Wow. Yeah, I made a lot of money. And Wreck-It Ralph made four hundred seventy-two million dollars. So pretty solid showing uh, for both movies. I'm with Scott. I probably watched Jungle Book 
same was similar to Robin Hood. I watched that a hun- hundreds of times. I mean, it just it was a movie that yeah, right. My mom probably just put it on for me just to sit there and be quiet and watch the movie. Um, great music, action adventure movie, as you guys said. Uh, you get to see the snake again from Robin Hood. It's pretty much the same snake. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Instead of being the king's assistant, he's the kind of the villain more mm-hmm. in this movie. Um, makes you makes you more scared of of tigers for sure. Um, I mean, the jet. I like the jaguar in the movie. I think the voices are great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just very big fan of the movie. The elephant parade, like I said, is very fun. That's a really fun scene. Um, Wreck It Ralph. We did see. We saw it at the cheap theater because we were. Especially me, broke college, so it was fun to be able to go to a cheap theater and see a, a good movie. You know, see Wreck-It Ralph. Like you said, it's not like some masterpiece by Disney. It's just fun. There's a lot of references to video games. I agree with uh, what Merce said. Sarah Silverman, not always my favorite, but pretty good in that movie as a voice and kind of fast-paced. Um, I think there's like a car. Is there like a car scene in there? I don't know. I kind of remember there being some sort of like race in that oh, movie. Or yeah, one of the games in there is like a racing type game yeah i thought that was a fun scene um yeah it's just a fun movie nothing spectacular about it but i just enjoyable to watch so i would recommend both movies but to me jungle king is just an all-time classic by disney jungle king or jungle book oh my gosh jungle book <laughs> no i know what you meant oh the bloopers we gotta get put together a blooper reel here um, okay, so we'll get in the voting here. And again, too, this is weird. I, I did not put Jungle Book on this uh, bracket. Um, I actually put Wreck-It Ralph in there. But Jungle Book is a... For me, it's it, it means more. You know, it's, it, it's more tied to my childhood for that. So I'm going to give my vote towards Jungle Book. Uh, my vote's going to go to Wreck-It Ralph. I'll also vote for Wreck-It Ralph. I clearly, by my previous comments, I'm going to vote for the Jungle Book. And once again, impressed by the, you know, the young minds of today. Um, although they made an error earlier with Toy Story 2, are correct in voting for Jungle Book. All right. So, yeah. A good sign for America's future. There we go. Thank you, VIP. We appreciate that. Jungle Book moves on, as I think it should. So we get into the last two movies of this bracket. And, uh, um... One of them in particular, I think, is is one that uh, everybody's going to definitely associate with, uh, you know, a little bit of sadness and everything. And the other one's just a shockingly popular movie um, as we we get into this. But we have number 15, Zootopia, which came out in 2016, starring Jennifer Goodwin, Jason Bateman, Idris Elba, and Bonnie Hunt. Bonnie Hunt. Bonnie Hunt. Bonnie Hunt. Bonnie. 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 Okay. Thank you, Aubrey. Audrey. Darn it. Not, not an all-star performance for pronunciations of actors. actors. Not this great today. I uh, I must have written this uh, left-handed because uh, I can't read my own handwriting either here, but um, I, I'm going to blame it on that. But <laughs> Zootopia goes up against number 16, the 2009 great movie Up, uh, which starred Ed Asner, Jordan Neagle, uh, John Ratzenberger, and Chris Plummer. So, fun facts about either of these movies. Zootopia, shockingly, the third Disney Pixar, I think it's supposed to be Disney Pixar animated film, to gross over a billion dollars behind Toy Story 3 and Frozen. I was... What's that? Frozen's not Pixar. Well, then what? Well, they can't be the third Disney animated movie to gross over a billion because Lion King did it in 1994. Maybe your facts are wrong. I don't know. I I did get this from IMDb. 
So I, I thought that was, okay. I don't know, but either way that it made that much money, I will get the exact number from uh, Mr. Lawson here. But a shock that Zootopia made so much money. And then up, uh, just a fun fact about this one was that it was the first Pixar film to be fil uh, in 3D, which was uh, pretty cool. I didn't, I never saw it in 3D though, though it should be an adventure. Um, Zootopia I thought was good, but I didn't think it was that great. Uh, the uh, the fox the fox always reminds me of like Joel McHale, you know, just got that attitude, the confidence, the swagger and stuff. I just like I think of him when like not Jason Bateman uh, with that one. I uh, it's weird. I like I almost feel like he was ripped off of uh, Joe McHale and Community a little bit watching that. And up, of course, what a great movie! Um, uh, original, different. The dog is so funny. You know, squirrel. You know, with the when you know. Um, it has a it has a lot of heart and it's a, a great pick to be on this bracket. You probably see where I'm going to be voting here, but I'll let everybody else weigh in. <laughs> so I agree with Scott that Zootopia is not my favorite movie. I've seen it maybe once or twice. It's just not my favorite. Um, Up is a really good movie. It's not one I watch a lot, just because I'm one of those people that associate like sad memories with it. I mean, I know that it has a over overreaching storyline beyond his wife passing away Carl's wife passing away but like at the end when it's like you are my greatest adventure like I just I can't with it <laughs> yeah it just it makes me so sad like I know it has a happy middle and in the end when he like becomes friends with the little boy it's cute but yeah, yeah it just overall it just makes me sad this movie but it's a good sad I think <laughs> Lawson's and some of it's a good sad. Uh, I think they were reaching when they made that movie for the sadness. But, yeah. Um, both of these movies, I feel, kind of have, like, adult themes to them. Like, Zootopia with, like, trying to solve the, uh, you know, the, a crime that is going on in Zootopia. And, like, you know, you have the good, like, type A, like, straight bunny or, and then you have like the cool sly fox which kind of looks like the fox from robin hood yeah just updated make comparisons but and then up with uh i don't even go into all of the adult themes <laughs> like at the beginning and then just uh but very like adult disney movies uh, just kind of i think they want everyone to enjoy them but you know both of these movies a lot zootopia i wasn't going into it with high expectations, but ended up really liking it and liking, as I said before, I didn't really like adventure movies, but this one I kind of like probably because it's a newer adventure movie. Um, and then up, up, but is it also a great movie? I like how, <laughs> I like how uh, Doug gets an owner at the end with a little boy so that, mm -hmm. you know, it has a very happy ending, but it, you know, hugs at the heartstrings to get there for sure. <laughs> is that the yeah, so as Scott mentioned, Utopia, yes. just over a billion dollars, and it was, I believe it was the fourth highest grossing film of the year uh, when it came out. So, very successful movie at the box office, and it received an Academy Award, Golden Globe, Critics' Choice Movie Award, um, and really, it's just, like I said, it's a, it's a movie, it's like a buddy cop movie mm -hmm. with animals, and it involves, you know, basically someone who thinks, it's almost like she could have, she is more talented, but she's not, you know, respected for her skills. She's a rookie. Yeah, she's yeah. a rookie. I mean, there's really, the plot isn't really that dynamic to me but i think it's just i think people just liked it. i think it's just another one of those like fun 
movies that with the animal ties into it, I think just made a lot of money. And of course, there's the sloth scene, which I think is funny. With the, yeah. With the movie, I think adults can. Uh, <laughs> At the DMV. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then up, I saw this movie. I, I didn't see it like in theaters, and the first time I saw it was with Mrs. Lawson. And I mean, she just started bawling. I mean, it's like, <laughs> oh, first ten minutes. Yeah. The first I mean, ten minutes. So it's mm-hmm. part of me. It's like hard to give a real true review of the movie because it was just like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we talked about up last night, and Mrs. Lawson started like tearing up. I mean, she yeah. just can't handle that movie. So, yeah. I mean, I thought it was really good, but the whole time I'm just comforting Mrs. La- Mrs. Lawson from her tear. I mean, she's tearing up right now. Oh. <laughs> the movie just gets to her for some reason. So. I get it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, it, it, and you know, I think that's a strong indication of a movie. Like, if they can make you feel that way, then it did its job. And you know, I, I, I probably I badmouthed Zootopia a little bit more than I should have. I mean, it's not a bad movie. It really isn't. It, it just, it feels like it's all been done before. It wasn't really original. Just making it with animals, like you know, it, it, it was funny. There are some funny moments in there, but uh, Up, in my opinion, is just a superior movie across the board. Just in my mind, Zootopia just wasn't as memorable as Up is. So my vote goes for Up. I'm the same. I will vote for Up as well. Yeah, Up over Zootopia. Um, I think Zootopia, to me, and Wreck-It Ralph are kind of the same kind of category. Where yeah. They're not amazing movies that are just like fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm glad that I think both didn't get past the first round because they're not like all-time Disney games. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they are fun films. They're funny. you got some moments you can laugh at. And they're, they're kind of just good background movies, you know? It's just like, if it's on, I'll watch it a little bit, but I don't need to sit through the whole thing for either of them. Because once you get the jokes the first time, it's like, okay, I've seen it once, I'm good. Mm-hmm. So, all right, here we go. We get into quick voting here. We're going to try to find a winner, and then that winner will go up against Toy Story, and we will pick the best Disney animated movie in uh, our lifetimes, anyway, or, or in our opinions, anyway, I should say. So we go back into the first grouping, and we got Aladdin versus Pocahontas. Um... Oh, gosh. I'm probably going to have to give the edge to Aladdin, in my opinion, just slightly over Pocahontas. These are both really good movies that I watched a lot in my childhood, but my vote goes to Aladdin. I will vote for Aladdin as well. Yep, Aladdin over Pocahontas and a close one, as Scott said. Alrighty. Cool. So we get into the second grouping back, and we got Aristocats going up against Toy Story 2. Uh, I do like the cats, but uh, not as much as Toy Story 2 in this one, and so I give Toy Story 2 my vote. I don't have good feelings about my pick going past this round, but I'm still going to vote for it. Aristocats. Uh, this is uh, tough. Um, I'm going to go I don't really like both these movies, as I mentioned earlier, but I think Toy Story Toy Story 2 is more easy to watch for me, so I will vote for that to advance, and we have a tiebreaker, and I know we're going to go to the IMDb score since it's the second round here. Yes. Okay, so we need the tiebreaker between Aristocats and Toy Story 2. So, Toy Story 2 had an IMDb score of 7.9 out of 10. Very, very high. But Aristocats coming in strong, but not strong enough, 7.1 out of 10. Oh, sorry for some misdirection there, everybody. <laughs> I, was, I was worried that, that possibly got higher than 7.9 out of 10. 
I've been th thinking about doing that for a while, so I hope I didn't ruin it here. But a uh, little misdirection. Yeah, it was Toy Story 2, which gets the INDB score over Aristocats. Alrighty, so now we get into the third grouping. We have Lion King, excuse me, versus Alice in Wonderland. Uh, Lion King is going to get my vote here. It's just, I mean, both great movies, again, classics, but Lion King. I like Alice in Wonderland, but my vote's going to go for Lion King as well. Great Disney movies. Um, I will put my vote towards Lion King. In a, in a losing effort, I will vote for Alice in Wonderland. Uh, I think I'm not as big a fan of Lion King as everybody else, but that's okay. No, no, it's it's good. That's uh, the opinions do matter. And so we get into the last two before we get into the semifinals, and we got Jungle Book versus Up. Oh man, this is a real tough one. Um. I'll probably still give it to, I think I'm going to stick with Up. Just, I mean, this is a, almost a flip of the coin with me, but I'll probably, yeah, I think Up, just because, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't even have a really a reason for it. I'm, I'm just going to go with Up. My vote is for Up as well. Up gets my vote as well. And in a back-to-back losing effort, I went for Jungle Book. Again, it was it was a tough one. I mean, it's just I don't know. I, I it's just uh, my my gut tells me up. So uh, all right, so now we have Aladdin versus Toy Story Two. Uh, I think Toy Story Two is my pick to be on the bracket, but I'm actually gonna give my vote to Aladdin. I still uh, just think it's you know that classic. You know the the great the comedy of it, the music. The uh, I was just really like bopping in my head a little bit to uh you know the uh uh oh my gosh that now it's, it's not in my head anymore the friend uh, like me. yeah friend like me thank you yeah it's like you know like and uh just you know the the fantasy of it the aspect and then uh jasmine too can't uh ooh. stop it with that well if you would just be jasmine once for halloween we wouldn't have this discussion <laughs> oh We're see done here okay <laughs> sorry uh aladdin gets my vote weirdly enough aladdin still gets my vote too <laughs> Aladdin here sleeps and the the uh, I like the parade song a lot when he when he comes into town. Oh yeah, yeah. Prince Ali, do 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 do. Yeah, I've listened to that song just like times when I'm just like, oh, it's probably my favorite one in the in the show. Okay. Yeah, I've danced to a few songs from Aladdin. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. Um, friend like me, and I know I've done a whole new world at least twice. Yeah, the whole new world, like at least twice. Yeah, it's like that. Don't you dare close your eyes. What? Don't you dare. <laughs> uh, another pitch meeting, Ryan George reference there. Okay, and the other semifinal, Lion King versus Up. Um, I know it's mainstream here. I know, but uh, I, I do like, I do love Up. But Lion King still gets my vote here. Uh, yeah, Lion King is just too good. Both tear jerkers. I'm gonna go for Lion King. Both like scarring emotionally, but Lion King gets my vote. <laughs> I'm going to vote against Scar in a losing effort and vote for Up. <laughs> you just love being a rebel here. <laughs> okay, so we have the championship of this round. The two uh, great, great movies here. And Aladdin versus Lion King. Music and adventure and, oh, gosh. Um, man, probably... Oh, this is so tough. 
I guess maybe I'll go with Lion King. It's so tough, but Lion King maybe just nudges out Aladdin, even though I love Aladdin so much. But the, I guess with a, just a tiny little less controversy. I don't know. I don't know. Both have their only their moments of controversy too. I guess Lion King. Before I change my mind. Um, this is a really hard one for me as well because it's both movies that I grew up watching. They were they were important parts of my childhood. Um, I think I'm gonna give my vote to Aladdin though. Yes, uh, really tough. You know, we're coming to the final round. They're both gonna be really good Disney movies, but I will vote for Aladdin. Wow, and I am also gonna vote. I mean, Scott just keeps bringing up Jasmine so much. I I gotta. <laughs> I gotta See? vote for Aladdin here over Lion King. <laughs> I'm, I'm not disappointed by that. I'm really not. Um, Lion King deserved to get at least one vote. I'm happy for that. It's, uh, I mean, it's, it's. I mean, Nathan Lane is, uh, and, and I can't remember the other guy, but it's Timon and Pumbaa. I mean, I just love that chemistry. I thought, like, the live-action one really uh, didn't really, they couldn't capture what they had in the first one. Um, those are the right two finalists, honestly, to come out of this group. You know, yeah. I don't like Lion King as much as like, I think it's overhyped, but I still, it's still one of the best. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's the right, right answer. Okay, so we, uh, I think here, if I if we go into the absolute final voting, then because we still had the winner from the last bracket, which correct me if I'm wrong here, I believe Toy Story was a Mr. Lawson pick to get on originally, and uh, Aladdin is a Mrs. Lawson pick. So we got a battle of the households here. And uh, let's see, like, how many brackets has Mrs. Lawson won before? I mean, she's, she won our 80s and 90s one. Uh, she's kind of the, uh, yeah, three, yeah, yeah. She's uh, she, she's definitely the ringer here. She's, uh, you know, she, she knows her movies. And um, so between Aladdin and Toy Story, as we get into the voting here, it's not just because uh, of anything with Mr. Lawson. You know, it's uh, Aladdin is... Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Toy Story is, is a great movie, um, but Aladdin, for me, is just the stronger of the two overall. So Aladdin gets my vote as the best Disney animated movie of all time. As I state in the first part of this podcast, um, I've just never been as attracted to Toy Story as some other people have. It freaked me out as a child, especially with like the toys that are like half put together. There's like a baby on like a pair of like silver legs that scared me as a child. So, like, Toy Story was never one that I gravitated towards. So, that being said, my vote goes to, to Aladdin as well. Gosh, this is tough because they're just both so different but so great and great Disney movies, of course, because they've made it, you know, they love both our brackets. But uh, I think I'm going to, like, not make it a... I don't think I'm going to have it go to a tiebreaker, and I think Mrs. Lawson's vote is going to go towards Aladdin. No. Well, I, I'm going to, I mean, obviously it's the winner, Aladdin yeah. wins, but I, I will stick with Toy Story. I will stand, <laughs> stand by my pick from last bracket, but... Uh, he, Yeah, he did say that before I voted, so he was going to vote for that. Yeah. Okay. And if it would have went to the IMDb scoring... Um, Aladdin, I'm shocked, actually scores really high. Um, there was a couple surprises in the IMDb scores here. Now that we know we have a winner and, and as Aladdin, I can give them. One of the more shocking scores on this bracket, which I guess, um, because it's so low, is Pocahontas. I think was like maybe the lowest scoring movie on this entire, out of all 32 movies. Pocahontas scored a 6.7 out of 10, 
which I'm shocked scored that low. Robinhood, uh, 7.6 out of 10, very high. Um, let me see a couple other fun ones here, if I can find it. Uh, uh, nothing else that's really shocking here. But, uh, so, if these movies had gone to a tiebreaker, Aladdin, 8 out of 10 on the IMDb scoring, and Toy Story, 8... Oh, I'm sorry, nope, that was Toy Story 3. Okay, Toy Story, the original, was 8.3 out of 10. All the Toy Story movies scored 8 or above, I believe. Uh, they all did really good. So Toy Story, if it's any consolation, Mr. Lawson would have won in the tiebreaker. So, but... Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm upset about it, but I, you know, I'll allow it. So, I mean, it was fun. I, I think there's a lot of... I think we made pretty solid picks. I think we picked a lot of the top Disney movies here, so... I mean, there's so many good picks and so many tough calls between two movies. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I appreciate having us on for it. And so many movies that we didn't talk about. Oh, I yeah. I mean, we talked about a lot, but there's just so many more that we could discuss. But these were just our personal favorites. Maybe someday we'll come up with a third Disney movie bracket and pair it up against our other winner. We, like, we could have. That was the crazy thing is I think we could have done a third bracket. Uh, maybe we can do, like, another uh, six, like, a... Like, we can add 16 more and do it as a special another time. Um, because, yeah, there's still some great Disney movies out there that didn't make the cut. Um, not to, not even to mention, like, some of the sequels, like uh, uh, Frozen 2 or uh, Aladdin, Prince of Thieves is also a really good one. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody out there, thank you so much. This is so much fun, uh, you know, reminiscing about these movies, giving our uh, facts and opinions on them. Um, you know, we really do appreciate you all out there. Find us on Facebook, uh, Twitter. Uh, rd3productions at yahoo.com email us uh you know if there's any twitter or uh, uh, polls out there or questions you want to ask in the comment section on spotify uh feel free to do so thank you again so much to the panel mrs lawson mr lawson the non-jasmine wearing outfit of miss mercy mrs mercy warren uh, uh thank you for that anybody else has a closing sentiment they want to give mercy no thank you okay i'm gonna have to pay for those comments later Mr. and Mrs. Lawson, do you have a scoop of, week, scoop of the week for us or any closing thoughts? I will actually, I have some MLB predictions. Do you want me to just... Yeah, go into it. All right, I just, I'll just give the, my division winner prediction, which I I, told, I said I would go to the winners I picked last year. I still will do that. For next podcast, I will review how I did last year in my picks. But for this year, I will pick the Blue Jays to win the AL East. That's going to be a really tough division, but I think they have so, such an amazing offense. Um... In the Central, I think the White Sox are going to win that one pretty easily. In the AL West, I am regrettably going to pick the Astros. I keep hoping that the Angels will someday emerge with someone that can help Mike Trout reach the playoffs, but I don't think it's going to happen again. Yeah. Um, and then for the wild card, I have I think that the um, I think there's going to be two teams that come out of the AL East that are the wild cards. I think the Rays and the Yankees. Um, Red Sox are in that mix as well, but I think those, I think Rays and Yankees are going to merge. Um, and honestly, it's even, I think that the other wild card team, I think the Twins are going to get it done this year. I think they're going to take advantage of the easier Central Division yep. and get that second wild card because I think the other divisions are kind of close together. Um, and then the, in the NL, I'm going to pick the Braves to win the East. I'm going to pick the Cardinals to win the uh, NL Central. Um, I think the Dodgers are just obviously like one of the best, maybe one of the best lineups like in the past 20 years. I think they're going to win the AL or the NL West. Um, and I got the wild cards for the West will be the Brewers and the Giants. 
And there's a third wild card, so I will also go with the uh, Padres to be the third wild card team. Okay, I think uh, I think the um, the Phillies are going to be a strong team coming out of uh, the NL this year too. Um, I agree with you on most, almost all the points except for Toronto. I actually think Toronto is going to be my pick to be a, a big disappointment. I think Yankee Bra- uh, Yankees, Red Sox, and Rays are all too strong. And uh, I think it'll probably be Boston, actually, is my surprise. Not even a surprise pick. I think that, you know, they're going to be uh, top of the uh, AL East. Twins, I agree with you. I think Twins are going to be great this year. I think they're actually going to edge out the White Sox, honestly, with the moves uh-huh. of the – what's that? Well, that's, yeah, that's a bold prediction, but I like it. Yeah, I, I think like, the Twins, I mean, I think they were just like a hit, like maybe just a hitter away. They still have a great staff. And uh, they, the Corara, the shortstop they added – um, I think is a great addition. Rangers, I think, are actually going to come out like maybe as one of the wild card teams in the West. They just added those two huge hitters, and I can't even think of their names right now. It was it not Trevor Story? Was it or Simeon? Simeon, I think Trevor Simeon. I think it's Simeon. Yeah. Simeon, yeah. Like I, I think Rangers are actually going to be a stronger team this year too. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I'm looking forward to a uh, another baseball season. I'm not. I'm a little down on it after the whole strike and just my team personally, which I won't give out. Uh, but uh, kind of disappointed by them and their lack of moves and everything but uh no i mean it's not summer without baseball i uh, i'll still tune in a bit but yeah all right thank you for joining us thank you lawson's and of course producer mercy warren we look forward to entertaining you all out there find us on twitter at round three speak facebook and email uh at rd3productions at yahoo.com see you next time bye soundstripe Thank you.